So you're thinking of buying rental property. Well, you're going to want to hear this. If you're thinking of buying rental property and growing your real estate portfolio, then you're going to love this call I'm about to make. I'm going to call a friend of mine. His name is Garrett Wong. Garrett is the president of the Professional Property Managers Association of Manitoba, and he runs a company called Upper Edge Property Management. Now, they specialize in helping investors and uh, property owners who have one, two, three, uh, you know, a small amount of rental properties. Uh, All in all, Upper Edge has over 600 residences in their portfolio, and uh, they're the perfect source of information if, if you're looking for help in managing your properties. So let's give them a call right now. Hello, Garrett speaking. Hey, Garrett, it's Bo. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Excellent. Listen, we'll get right into it. I um, wanted to ask you a couple of things about uh, people wanting to get into owning rental properties. And one of the most common questions I get is, is Winnipeg still a good market? Now, I uh, recall an article a couple of years ago that said that Winnipeg, out of 36 markets, Winnipeg was actually the one with the lowest vacancy rate. Now, that was a couple of years ago. So I'm just wondering to hear your side of this. Is Winnipeg still a good market to own rental properties? I believe so, yes. Um, those stats from a few years ago, um, back in 2012, we actually had almost a 0% vacancy rate. Right. It was 0.9%. It has risen, but you know, it's uh, it's fairly balanced now. I believe uh, the last stats from CMHC last fall said it was about a 2.99 or effectively a 3% vacancy rate. And all that means is a lot of the tenants that are trying to find properties just have a little bit more choice. Right. But it hasn't really affected property values to the point that, you know, tenants can't find a place or there's bidding wars. It just means that you have to provide a, a decent product if you're going to be an investor. Right. You now have a little bit of competition and, and renters have a little bit of choice. Um, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Exactly. I mean, I can go out and find a house for $100,000 in the core area, or I can find a million-dollar house in Linden Woods. Where would you say is like the sweet spot for somebody who wants to buy their first rental property? What price range and what neighborhoods? So I would probably not concentrate as much on price range of the building. That's kind of, obviously, that's important because you have to qualify and you have to make sure it cash flows properly. To me, I would start with supply and demand. So I would look at what is the most desirable rent um, for, you know, your demographic of family of four or whatever you're trying to attract. In my professional experience, I believe that's probably around the $1,300 range, maybe 13 to 1500 um, If you translate that back then into your cash flow projections, you're going to end up with you know, a set amount that you can afford for your mortgage, and that will translate out to a building value. Typically, I find that most neighborhoods that will support, you know, a $250,000 property, two or three bedroom, um, we can talk about neighborhoods if you want in a minute, that normally will translate into a $1,300 rent, $1,400 rent, which means that the property will have a positive cash flow at the end of the day of, between, you know, you're probably wanting to target 100 to $300 um, before or after management fees, you know, factor in some vacancy and some maintenance uh, allowances in there. Right. So uh, this is definitely not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's not uh, like flipping houses. It's like generating a steady, slow and steady, fairly secure income. 
It's it's a way of what they they call generational wealth. Flipping is is fine in in some unstable markets, and there are are people who are flipping successfully in Winnipeg. But I'm a proponent of buy and hold. Um, and to me, you're not really looking at you're not buying a rental property for cash flow. I mean, whether you're getting 100, 200, or 300, anybody can get that kind of money by, you know, even getting a part-time job for a few hours a, a month. What you're really looking at is the long-term gain, which is you calculate obviously your your cash flow. Nobody wants to be negative on a, on an investment, right? But then there's the appreciation of the property. But also what most people don't realize or factor in is that property is being paid off significantly year after year. And that accelerates around halfway through the mortgage cycle, the amortization to the point that the tenant is now paying off the entire property after 20 or 25 years. Correct. So by your, when, uh, when I understand your math is uh, cash flow of $100, $200, that's after the whole mortgage payment is done. Not just the interest, but the whole mortgage payment. That's more than that. That's mortgage, right. interest, right. Taxes, taxes, insurance, right. um, maintenance, uh, property management if you're choosing to go with the firm, etc. Okay, awesome. Um, next question is house or condo? What do, you, uh, what do you think would be better for somebody for their first property? A lot of people will buy condos uh, because uh, they they believe that there's going to be less maintenance. And in right. effect, there might be. You know, you don't have that roof. You don't have to worry necessarily about uh, the heating if it's included in the condo fees. Lawn care. Um, lawn care. I mean, there are things like what does the condo market look like at that present time? Because for the long-term picture, any investor should be looking at how do they dispose of that property and get their money out at the end of the day. Right. In this current market, of course, as, as you're aware, um, you know, it's a little bit harder to sell the condo. Right. Um, long term, I mean, it might change. Um, so the advantages of a condo are, like I said, um, potentially less um, maintenance costs, although everything inside those walls, you still have kitchen or, you know, your appliances and your um, fridge and stove, washer and dryer that could break. There could be still other things that happen. Um, and then you also have to look at the impact that that association or condo fee has on your actual cash flow, right. which could be significant. And potential uh, special assessments. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're not doing your homework or something else comes up, but, you know, if they don't have enough reserve fund or it's an older building and something happens in the crawl space or they have to renew the parking lot and now there's a cash call, it doesn't work so well for you as an investment. Okay. So I'll put you on the spot. What's the one tip that you would give somebody looking to buy their first rental property? Anything off the top of your head that that you would think of? Homework. Um, Too many people try to get into it um, by looking on the internet. They get into a property. They don't do enough homework either on the neighborhoods, on the rent, you know, the rent residential act for that province. It doesn't have to mean that, the, you know, it's in Winnipeg or Manitoba. And then not having the, the team behind them for support. Um, in this day and age, yes, it is. It is great that we have all this information at our fingertips. Right. But, you know, speaking with actual you know, mortgage brokers, realtors, insurance, maybe even getting advice from a property manager, even if you're not going to be employing one, just finding out what the experts in the industry, an accountant, what they, a lawyer, what they say, you know, they've already been through this. They've already had clients that have gone through it. Why reinvent the wheel? Right, exactly. 
I heard somebody say a couple of, uh, about a year ago, I heard somebody say to an investor, oh, you got to look at 50 houses, you got to look at 100 houses. And it just kind of struck me as wrong. And I I heard one of your presentations about two weeks ago, and you put it so succinctly, so right to the point that um, I'm wondering if you can uh, repeat what you said during your presentation. Well, it goes along the lines of homework. Again, with the internet, spreadsheets, and knowledge I don't think you need to look at any homes. I mean, you technically just do all your homework ahead of time, um, do your cash flow projections. You know, so let's say that you've you find a property through your realtor. That you know, with the the way things are now, things are automatically sent to you. You run your cash flow projections. Okay, you're not sure exactly how much it should rent for. Well, going to the property might not help you with that. So maybe you want to, you know, go and do your research on the local um, internet or, you know, you get uh, a market evaluation performed by uh, a property manager. So now you've got that income coming in. You can certainly go and, you know, call the utilities and find out how much the utilities are going to be. You can certainly, you already know what the property tax is going to be because it's in the listing. You already, you can speak to your insurance agent. So once you get all of those things, into your spreadsheet, you have a number at the end of the day, you can decide if that property makes sense for you. Because at the end of the day, this is a business. The rental property, if you will, is a piece of inventory and it has to make money for you. There's no point in looking at 50 houses um, without knowing your numbers. So in that case, then, if you look at it from the opposite end of the spectrum, there's no point looking at a house unless it does make sense. Right. So therefore, why would you need to look at 50 houses? You could certainly look at 50 houses online and run the spreadsheets or the cash flow projections for the comfort of your home, but actually physically getting out there. I've, I've done this where, you know, if it makes sense on paper, the only thing that you're doing when you're going out and viewing the property is making sure that they're, the pictures kind of match the story right. that there aren't structural. any hidden things. Yep. You know, the structural, the bones are good, different things like that. Right. Uh, last question is, you touched on it a couple of times, neighborhoods in Winnipeg. If we are talking about $1,300, $1,400 a month rent, house that's in the low 200s to 250 what neighborhoods would be fairly easy to rent out? Well, there's some older houses in St. James. You know, you've got your E.K. Elmwood, uh, Transcona is a great, great area. You can find tons of properties in that price range. Um, I, I personally like the West End, sort of between the Arlington and Polo Park area is, is very good. E- even if you have to go um, east of Arlington, it's not too, too bad because, you know, West Broadway and Wolseley is kind of... Um, flexing and expanding out Um, so you can find lots of properties there you you look around the city and there's always these little like older two or three bedroom properties in that area even some older saint Vitale. you know as long as you're not going into the million dollar or the you know brand brand new areas where the properties are you know 10 years old or less those are going to be obviously in the three to five hundred thousand dollar range and they're not going to cash flow unless you're trying to get uh, a rent of you know two to two 2000 to 2500 but again how many people would want to pay that when they could be in home ownership so that's why i like to target personally the 12 to 15 13 to 1500 dollar rental range because it's just a real it just means that the the tenants are probably choosing to be renters at, at that point. Do I recall you telling me that um, on your website you have a tool where people can kind of find out what a potential rent would be in a neighborhood? I actually uh, developed an algorithm 
a few months ago um, that mimics the way I actually analyze the property. So there's a lot of tools out there, but they're basically based on other cities and they're probably just on a square footage model. And square footage is definitely something I take into consideration in the algorithm, but there's also other things like the number of bedrooms, if the full basements are not finished, um, bathrooms, garage, um, age of the property, when it was last upgraded for cosmetics. So I've written an algorithm. It's um, an automated process on there. You just sort of go through the field and fill them out, and then you just click um, hit submit, and um, a report's automatically sent to you. Wow. Um, and you can do that as many times as you like. Hey, it's not going to be exactly you know, um, as good as me performing something, but it, it's, it's pretty close. Gives you a ballpark. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Where, where do people find this tool? It's on our website. So our company name is Upper Edge Property Management, and the website is uh, www.upperedgepm.com. PM as in property management, so www.upperedgepm.com. And the calculator's right on the front page. Cool. That's really nice. That's very helpful. All right. Well, it's been a very enlightening call, Garrett. Um, how how can people get a hold of you? I guess through that website, is there an email contact uh, on there? Yeah, we do have a contact us page on there. Um, and yeah, you can click on there. Obviously, we'll go through uh, our staff. And if you would like to speak to me, just mention that and they'll eventually get to me or one of our other teammates. Super. Hey, thanks a lot, Garrett. I appreciate it. Okay. Anytime. Okay. okay take care. Bye-bye. Are you looking to buy a house or a condo in Winnipeg? Work with the agent who takes the time to explain the process to you, guiding you through every step. For service beyond the sale, book your home buying consultation with Bo Kaufman of Remax Performance today. Bo knows real estate. And I thought this was going to be a dull day.